horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Welcome, everyone. Hey, is it just me or is it hot outside? Woo. What a nice week. Oh, I forgot. You guys aren't in Florida this week. We're coming to you live right now from Heart of an Angel studio in Port Charlotte, Florida. And, you know, I don't always pick a winner, but I did pick a winner to come down and visit my brothers this week. He just got out of town, got up in the air, and the storm hit my home base. And I've been watching the news ever since. My heart goes out to all you people that might be snowbound to some extent or might have pipes freezing. And uh, I've been there, done there, but I had this trip scheduled for a while. And I'm here, and I'm glad I am. All right, and I'm glad you're with us because uh, we've got some uh, good guests, uh, both of them veterans of the game and veterans of winning ponies, home to the easy win forms. Another good week across the country. Let me give you a little sampling from four tracks. Gulfstream Park, a $1 super high five over 1700 Then let's go to the other coast, Santa Anita. A $1 Super 5, just shy of two grand, just over two grand was a $1 Super. We had to key that one uh, at, at Charlestown. And then way down yonder in New Orleans, where we saw some great racing over the weekend, uh, it was a 50 cent pick five that paid 2300 The easy win forms are going to be going over the races with uh, my man Ed Meyer. But before we get with Ed, we're going to be talking to another uh, really excellent individual, a very, very good trainer, and a guy that's uh, caught in a bit of a ballywick now in the storms uh, in Kentucky. And that's none other than Jeff Greenhill. Uh, you know, it's a guy that uh, knows how to handle horses at every uh, level, from stakes races to claimers. Uh, he uh, excels in keeping horses sound. He had one horse, El Bamba, who ran until he was 13 and won in his 100th start. They need another horse by the name of TK's Turn, who won six in a row as a 10-year-old. This guy can train. But I want to talk to Jeff mainly about two things. the What appears to be the passage of the historical horse horse racing bill that we've been discussing every week because of its importance uh, to Kentucky. And uh, he's going to kind of tell us what happens. You know, we've been watching races like the Southwest uh, that uh, have derby points available getting pushed back. And now for two weeks, uh, Oaklawn just pretty much got wiped out the last two weeks. So they're going to add days, but they've got to get these stakes in, especially ones that are serving as preps uh, to the Oaks and the Derby. So we're going to talk to Jeff about what, you know, what it's like, how he, uh, you know, currently trains in this kind of weather. Uh, if you got a plan B and a plan C, if they get canceled, even after you reschedule your horse to be in a race. And uh, also, now that historical horse racing has gone through, will Turfway Park uh, become a year-round training center now that they're owned by Churchill? And uh, hopefully, construction will start soon on the grandstand there. So that's going to be our first guest, 
Jeff Greenhill. Our second guest was the man behind this microphone for many years, my good friend Ed Meyer. I won't go down the litany of positions he holds in racing, like odds maker, announcer, and now he is a racing official in Kentucky. Uh, so we'll see how his schedule changed, but mainly now that he's at home for the week because racing's been canceled, he said some time to delve into the races uh, we're going to look at. And, of course, uh, the big one, the $20 million Dubai Cup. Looks like the Americans might have the edge in there. And then we'll go coast to coast. We'll start at Santa Anita with the Buena Vista. And then we'll go down to Gulfstream Park to the Grade 3 Royal Delta. And... Uh, if uh, time allows, there's two good races, again, that had been canceled at Laurel Park. Both of them, $200,000 graded stakes races, the Run Happy Barbara Fritchie and the General George. All right, that's a lineup of what's going on. Now, to get back to historical horse racing, it passed the uh, Kentucky House after an emotional uh, debate. And... Uh, so it went by both the Senate and the House, and it clears the way for continued operation of the 3,625 historical horse racing machines at licensed venues in Kentucky. Think about it. Just last year, they generated $2.2 billion. Yes, that's billion dollars uh, in Kentucky. And so we all know uh, the trickle-down that happens there. This is great news. Now, uh, of course, uh, there was some debate in there. You know, uh, you had the uh, religious convictions against gambling, broadside, and, um, against corporate greed, yada, 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 yada. Sorry, folks. Looks like you're losing this battle. And many, many people are going to be employed in the state of Kentucky by Kentucky horse racing. And then to dovetail that, uh, just days later, Later, the Kentucky uh, Racing Commission adjusted their rules to agree with the recently passed historical horse racing bill. So what they did was they just stopped one more stumbling block that could potentially stop this from happening. It's just so important. And as we know, Andy Bashir, the governor, is on with the program. And uh, they had some uh, lively debate. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, what they called it in some of the uh, – what's a, uh, an emotional and contentious floor debate. But it says, but always civil. Really? I got to listen to Senator Damon Thayer, who's been a guest on this show often, and uh, he got up, gave a really moving uh, statement uh, to, to the, the Senate, and uh, in it he says, I won't even allude to the statements by state representative, we'll leave out his name in his county, uh, of what he had to say. So I had to call Damon after that. I said, Damon, uh, you kind of, you, what did this guy said? He said, People who gamble on horses in Kentucky are white trash. <laughs> you call that civil? I sure don't. But uh, anyhow, all that put aside, looks like things are moving forward. Uh, great news. Again, we'll be asking Jeff about how that's going to impact uh, his outfit, but things certainly on the right track. So uh, with that behind us now, Saturday, the $20 million Saudi Cup uh, drew a full field of 14 on Wednesday, and there's five U.S.-based horses. Uh, this is going to be a good one because you're going to see on the front end, Charlatan and Nick's go. It looks like they're going to be ding-donging it on the front. Now, uh, the good thing about this race that's, I believe, 
1,800 meters, um, which is about a mile and an eighth, is that it's a one turn, which I think could benefit both of these horses. Now, mark your calendars. The Saudi Cup is going to be Saturday, uh, but uh, don't be the kickoff, shall we say, is at 1240 in the afternoon. So remember that. Uh, get your uh, business out of the way before 1240. The richest race in the world will happen at 1240. So uh, we'll find out if it actually uh, turns out to be a clash between Charlatan and Nick's Go. As you know, uh, with that kind of money on the line, there's going to be some uh, solid animals uh, going to post. And again, uh, a, a, a very deep field with 14. And uh, other horses you, you might know, uh, Max Player, who's trained by Steve Asmussen. Uh, of course, uh, Nick's Ghost, uh, uh, trained by Brad Cox. Uh, Sleepy-Eyed Todd uh, and uh, Charlton, who's the Baffert trainee. So uh, <clears throat> it pretty much sees in, in most of the stories and the handicappers uh, I, I've read that they're really moving the American uh, horses up to the top. Again, that's going to be Saturday, 1240, folks. Don't say I told you. Well, alluded to it earlier in the show, Oaklawn has been canceling, and rightfully so. If you look at what we've seen on the news, uh, they're just uh, you know plummeting degrees and snow all over the track. So um, the stakes planned for the weekend will be rescheduled across the dates of February 25th to 28th, and most notably the grade three $750,000 Southwest stakes, which is a points race for the Kentucky Derby. A little more on the good news front, Keeneland's going to welcome a limited number of fans for the 2021 spring meet. No numbers really been put on it, but at least uh, the gates will be eked over open for some people to come and see it live. That looked really weird last year. And you go to Keeneland.com to find out about the details if you want to purchase tickets. More on the good news front. I like this week. Javier Castellano returned to action just yesterday at Gulfstream Park after sitting out for three months while rehabbing from arthroscopic surgery, cleaning up what they call debris in his right leg. Boy, that's a pretty scientific <laughs> terminology there, uh, debris. But, you know, Castellano's won the meet title at Gulfstream five times, and uh, he's going to come back and, of course, be ready for the, you know, the big races like the Fountain of Youth and the Florida Dirt and uh, all the other big races that contain major derby points, which are just uh, kicking off. So uh, congratulations to him. Five-time consecutive championship meet riding title at Gulfstream Park. He's back, tell everybody. And a young man I'm not too familiar with, one jockey of the week, Diego Senez, if I'm saying that right. Uh, it's from riding at Delta Downs for the richest program of the year. And he got Jockey of the Week honors. Uh, had an absolutely wonderful evening, I should say. Uh, and he got rides from people like Tom Amos and Brad Cox. So they know about him. He was born in Chihuahua, Mexico. Been riding professionally since uh, 2004, mostly on that Louisiana circuit. But uh, in w- winning numerous riding titles, um, he's won 2,326 races in more than 40 C, 47 million in purses. So remember that name, Diego Senez. He might be coming his way out of the Louisiana area. All right, big races that we looked at last week. 
uh, starting with the Risen Star. Again, this was a 50, 20, 10, 5. You win and you're in. And it looks like the Brad Cox trainee Mandaloon uh, will be uh, having a start in the gate for Derby, even if he doesn't race again. This is one of the horses that Florent Giroux dedicated to uh, Brad Cox. And as you know, one of my favorite uh, training angles or betting angles Equipment change, blinkers on, and then it shows a bullet work. I've been using this for many, many years and have come away with uh, many winners. So Mandaloon, who was uh, sent off at uh, two to one, got the job done with uh, uh, Florent Giroux in the saddle. Uh, Cox won it last year with Mr. Monomoy. In the second spot was Proxy, a really nice late effort for the Godolphin Farm, trained by Michael Stidham. Uh, we talked about the importance of having a race over the track at the fairgrounds. The winners in here, including um, Midnight Bourbon, who had most of the speed, finished 1-2-3 in the Lecomte Stakes at the fairgrounds previous to this race. And uh, then the ladies took center stage in the Rachel Alexandra. And... Uh, Winning in here was Clary Air, Steve Asmussen trainee. We stated that the one-two finishers in the Golden Rod were making their 2021 debut, and uh, they uh, were the one-two finishers in here. Only the results were reversed with Clary Air getting the edge over even money favorite travel column. Pretty much turned into a two-filly race down the stretch. Look for them to be facing each other down the road and hopefully in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, then also at the fairgrounds, uh, we uh, we uh, took a look at the mine shaft while we were down there. Maxfield, remember that name. His future is sky high, folks. Undefeated. Uh, broke poorly, s- slowly moved up, took the lead in the stretch, and had a hand ride under Florent Giroux for trainer Brendan Walsh never even got hit. Um, And uh, so uh, Maxfield is going to be one to watch down the road. He's a four-year-old Colt now. Uh, Also, points race, smaller points, the 10-4-2-1 up at Golden Gate, the El Camino Real. Remember this name, Ram Bauer. Now, this horse ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, finished sixth after getting way poorly. Big closer, and uh, the son of Twirling Candy, trained by Michael McCarthy, uh, Kyle Frey was in the saddle from Golden Gate. That's his, uh, you know, home base. Uh, went off as the favorite. Was far, far back. Perfectly timed ride by Frey. And uh, the question is, who'll ride him next when he leaves to probably uh, get on the Derby Trail or at least try to get more uh, bigger points towards uh, the uh, Kentucky Derby. Uh, Well, uh, that pretty much rounds out the first portion of the show, national news and catching you up on what happened in the big races last week. And um, when Steady Eddie comes with us, we'll talk about the races coming up this week. But right now, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with one of my favorite people and a guy I used to employ as a trainer, none other than Jeff Greenhill. I'm John Englehart, and you are listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me right now, trainer Jeff Greenhill. I uh, read you a good portion of his resume at the top of the show. And, of course, Jeff has been no stranger. He's always gracious and makes the time for us. Sad to say, Jeff's got a little more time than he'd like right now uh, due to the winter situation up there. But the good thing is he did have a plan B in progress in that if you saw his interview for the uh, HBPA promoting, promoting historical horse racing, you know that he is now eligible to play a department store Santa Claus should this thing go south. <laughs> yeah, John, uh, I'm not shaving the beard. Until we've had a 48-hour period where the temperature is not below freezing. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope I hope it gets trimmed soon. You know, I'm just busting your chops. But really, that's the longest I ever saw your beard. And it's also kind of a, a COVID look, isn't it? Didn't you let your hair go, too, since uh, March? Oh, yeah. I haven't, I haven't shaved or trimmed my hair in a while. And when the temperature warms up, I'll go looking for that razor. Well, you, you're not alone. You're not alone. Well, it was good to see you on that video. And, of course, you were preaching to the choir when I was watching and probably everybody else. Uh, but, boy, did you take a uh, big sigh of relief when you saw things pass through the, 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 the House and the Senate last week? John, it cannot, it cannot be overstated the importance of that bill passing. It's for horses, for horse racing in Kentucky, and not just horse racing for the horse industry in Kentucky and everybody that depends on it, because now, you know, the future is is very bright. Had I had I rather it happen when I was 40 than 65? Yeah, but I hope to benefit from it anyway. Well, you know, uh, it, it's going to mean so much now. 
I know because of stall situations, you've only got 18 stalls at Turfway, but how many people do you usually employ that, God forbid, they would have had to lose their job if this bill didn't go through? Well, those 18 horses, I employ eight. But at this summer, I'll probably have close to 40 horses in training, and that number would jump to 12 or 15 or probably more like 15. And uh, it's just it's, it's, it's just so important. And, and, and just the future, how it looks now, Churchill has bought Turfway. They have plans for a great grandstand. I mean, it's just so exciting to know that you're going to be running for purses that will allow you to survive and, you know, and running in a beautiful setting. And the, the torpedo surface there is great. And uh, the, the future looks bright. It really does. Well, Jeff, that's going to ask you. You know, I, I know where you, where you're uh, stabled there at the track. You can kind of get a nice overview of the whole track. Uh, are you w- describe it to us? And are you still able to get those eighteen horses out in the morning? Oh yeah, we train for four hours. It's no problem for me. I've got two exercise riders, but you've got guys there like Wesley Ward and Mike Maker who, you know, they send them out four and five at a time. And uh, but with four hours training, we're able to get the horses out. It's a really great setup, uh, and the track is the track is is. I don't know if you've seen it on TV or if people have seen it on TV. Yeah, it's, I have. It's, sort of, it's the color of sand instead of that old dark gray or black poly track we had before. It's much more uh, pleasing to the eye, and it. And it's a much better surface. It doesn't stick to the horses like the old track does. It didn't right. ball up in their feet. And uh, it's, uh, it's I, I haven't heard anything, I haven't observed anything but good things about it. And I haven't heard anything from the exercise riders and jockeys but good things about it. Well, uh, Jeff, uh, now that things are heading in the right direction down there, it, it, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, the Churchill Downs are, um, because, you know, let's face it, stall space is always a problem, even at their big facility down there, that they're going to keep it as a year-round training facility. Uh, Do you know if that's a fact? I don't know if it's a fact. I know it is a strong rumor. It will not happen this summer because, and I'm, I'm a little sketchy on this, but Churchill is going to work on their track. And so they're going to send some horses to Turfway to train so that the Turfway guys are, have to vacate the uh, barn area this summer. But the uh, goal going forward is that Turfway will be a year-round training center. That's right. Now, if, if that would happen, would you hopefully – would? Would you want to make that your base? Because I, I know, correct me if I'm wrong, that you maintain stables at both Indiana Downs and Belterra Park, or what we used to love to call River Downs. Uh, what's your plan for this next year, and should it go to a year-round training facility? What's your plan? My plan is I'll cross that bridge when I get there. And I'm not <laughs> being flipping or anything, but I train a lot of Ohio breads. And I train a lot of Indiana breeds. Now, in a perfect world, 
I would love to stay at Turfway year-round and send those horses there. But when you've got enough horses that are going to run both in Indiana no matter what, you know, I'm not ready to say that I will not have stables at those tracks because if you go to those tracks, you don't have stall rent, which is easier on your clients. And those horses are going to run there anyway. I hate to think that I would end up with three strings, but I'm not ready to say that I would not go to Belterra, Indiana Grand, because both of those places are, have been very, very good to me. And, uh, just personally between me and you, yeah, I refer, I preferred it when it was River Downs. <laughs> Who doesn't? I haven't found the person yet, but n- nonetheless, now, Jeff, uh, uh, uh Help me with this because we're seeing it, you know, at so many places, obviously where you are right now, but I mean, uh, an even bigger facility this time of year, uh, Oak Lawn Park, where uh, we've seen graded stakes races push back as much as two weeks. Hopefully they'll race again next week. Um, what what do you do when you've made all the effort to get a horse ready, he's entered, you think you're going to post Friday night or Saturday afternoon with a couple of them, and all of a sudden the plug, the plug is pulled on you? What do you do as a trainer with that horse that, knowing you, was ready for his best effort? Well, the number one thing you hope is that all the trainers are in the same boat you are. Because... You know, if they can't, if you can't train, they can't train. Now in the big stake races, like the Southwest and that, you know, horses are coming in from other areas. And there, your hands are tied. I mean, if the track is not open, you can't train. And you just hope, at that point, you hope that the horse's, the horse's talent will take over. And, uh, and that you've got the best horse in the race. That, that's a very good point. But, I mean, for you personally, Jeff, when you have a horse ready to run and you find out 24 hours before that that race isn't going to go, <clears throat> uh, do you have to start all over again and kind of let that horse down a little bit and then, and then hopefully bring him back next week and then continue to condition him for that race? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all schedule-based. In other words... If the race is going to come back in a week and you've got a couple of days on the track between there and then, you just, you just train the horse and hope for the best. If you got to walk them into the race, you walk, you know, your hands are tied. Everything is schedule based. When will the track be open? When will it be available to train? There's no really, there's really no way to ship them somewhere else and train them and you're not going to get them fit jogging them in the shed rope, you just, uh, and you know, there might come a point where you just think the horse is going over the hill and you just don't re-enter. You don't re-enter your horse in that race and you say, we, we wait for another day. But it's all based on what can we do. You know, it's hard to say unless you know, are we going to be able to train? That sort of thing. But, uh, and, you know, and, and I'm not, some trainers, I mean, some owners feel differently, but I'm not opposed to saying, hey, guys, we missed and spoke. We'll catch the next one. 
Now, does does the racing office because they know you made the effort, uh, you you entered your horse in your race, you filled the gate. Um, do you? Uh, get you know I mean the old days they used to have a star system that hey this guy tried to get in but he couldn't do you get any kind of credit for trying to get your horses in the race even though the race didn't go you know that varies some some tracks have the star system some have the date system usually let's say a race is postponed they just redraw the race in other words here's the race again if you didn't enter it before, you can enter it now. If you entered it before, you don't have to enter it again. They just okay. put the race back up on the overnight, and you enter or you don't enter, and then they just redraw the race. It's like the race. It's like a virgin race. It's here. Go in. Don't go in. What happened in the past really doesn't matter. Now, are, are you given any kind of, though, uh special, uh, you know, uh, blessing from the racing office that, hey, Jeff was supposed to be in this race a week or maybe two weeks now. Uh, we're going to put him in the body of the race for sure. Is there anything like that that, that you, you have kind of a, an insurance policy on? You know, it, it varies from track to track, from system to star to the date system. And now you're talking about greatest state races, which I would tell you probably need to add somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> For now. I'm not For in those now. often. But, but, uh, uh, it's, but it's usually, you know, those things normally don't overfill. You can expect to see the same horses that were in there before, but very likely, here's what would happen to me. If I was sprinting, I would draw an outside post, but the next time they were drew, redrew it, I'd draw the one hole. If we were routing, I would have got an inside post, but the next time they drew it, I would have drawn the outside post. That's just the way my luck is. <laughs> you never know. Well, you know, uh, uh, they, they, they suck, say uh, luck is, uh, you, you know, when hard work and talent cross each other. And Jeff Greenhill, uh, the, the, you, you've always been able to, to make your own luck. Well, I'm thinking now with the hopeful the support of the monies that are going to be coming in from um, historical horse racing, um, I'm just wondering because I've watched you. I've been a you know client of yours uh, o- over the years, um, and you were always really really big on partnerships. But I'm noticing that you're getting more and more individual clients that have noticed your success and talent. And now you're training for outside people and not necessarily partnerships. Uh, are you hopeful that that trend will grow? You know, I like a balance of all of them. I, I I like to have a balance. I like to own a portion of the horses in my stable. And so right now, I really like where I am. I have, part, I have horses that I own entirely by myself. Those are usually the ones that can't run and everybody else has abandoned me on. But I also have partnerships, and then I have what we call outside horses. And I, I like a mix. I like to own probably about 25% of my stable. Between horses I own with Sherry. Sherry is the owner. 
Sherry has 100% of, we have 25% of, we don't have any percent of. But when you add them all up, when you take all the horses and you add them up and you do our our portion of the stable, I like to own about 25% of the stable. But I'm not opposed. Anybody out there that wants to uh, employ me, I'm not opposed to taking an outside horse. Now, now does JeffGreenhill.com still exist? I think it's out there somewhere. But, I mean, do you check it? Do you get emails from people that – yeah, because I'll be honest with you, Jeff, and I'm, I'm not asking you for a free beer next time I see you. But uh, I – uh, people say, well, John, I want to get in the game, but is there a trainer you'd recommend? And I said, well, I'd recommend Jeff Greenhill. And they'd say, why? I said, because he keeps a part of the action. He's not just taking your money and you know wishing you luck as he trains your horse. He's got a part of your horse, and he's got a vested interest. And, and that's why I love partnerships, and that's why whenever I got the opportunity, Jeff, I try to point people your way, and I'm just trying to make sure that they can get in touch with yeah. you if they have to. If, if you Google, I mean, this sounds pretty vain, but if you Google Jeff Greenhill, you'll find me. I think it'll come up, Greenhill Racing, and you'll go there, and there'll be there'll be myriads of videos. But I can promise you one thing. If you click on any of those videos, my horse will win that race. <laughs> Man, that makes you look like a good trainer. This guy never loses. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Well, Jeff, I can tell you on a personal note, I always enjoyed uh, not only our partnerships and horses, uh, but your friendship at the races. And uh, thanks for, for joining us. And uh, as always, I wish you nothing but the best. And I can't wait till I can see your furry face in person. Well, I'll tell you one thing, John. There's only two reasons that you could catch a trainer this late at night. Number one, either he's got a horse racing at night or he wants to talk to John Engelhart. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Jeff. The ultimate compliment. I really appreciate it. Jeff Greenhill, everyone, uh, telling us about uh, moving forward, thinking positive, historical horse racing, where that's going to go, um, the positivity of uh, being a part of state-bred programs. It's all been a very important of Team Greenhill, and we wish Jeff nothing but the best. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break now, and when we come back, we're going to talk to a man I really admire, his name, Admire. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. 
thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds, incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share any questions we would be happy to answer contact us now back to the show Winning Ponies with John Inglehart and uh, that used to say we're listening to Winning Ponies and here's your host Ed Meyer, and that's who's back with us now. Steady Eddie, you know, when I started off to talk to Jeff off air, I said, so Jeff, how you doing these days? He goes, man, it's no fun training horses from an easy chair. So you, has, <laughs> at, the tra- at the same track with him as a racing official, uh, what's it like for you? I mean, there's really no reason for you to go in and do your racing office side of things. You know, it's you're always going to have to enter in, enter in for runners. And I know Jeff is chomping at the bit. Their horses right now have been unable to train. And a lot of people aren't able to get out there. And a lot of people don't have access to that, that wonderful swimming, swim to win situation where they can, you know, keep uh, fit during the winter. You know, it's really hard on the horsemen. And I, and I understand that. I listen to the frustration every single day as we, we talk entries and, we, and we, we load the races up, which have been incredible, by the way. But, you know, this year is uh, 2021 is starting off a little, little odd, but not as bad as 2020 by any means. But at 2021, it's, it's been a little, a little different. You know, we, we, want, we want to race. We have the opportunity, a brand-new service. And, you know, and I caught the part with Jeff, and I was listening to him talk about partnerships and things like that. I, I, I second that one. I, I think it's probably one of the greatest ways to get in. Love that part, by the way. I'm a big fan of Jeff Greenhill. Yeah, I, I, I know you are, and I know the many nicknames you have for him, which will remain between you and I. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it's it's got to be kind of frustrating and different. You, you're chomping the bit. You're ready to go in and, and you know do your part of the job, and uh, uh, Mother Nature's not letting you do that. You know, it's it's hard. It, it it really has been a difficult year. You know, a for the horsemen, b for the the folks in the office actually have it the lesser. You know, we're there to actually you know to, to formulate the races. We have a wonderful racing secretary with Tyler Picklesheimer who does a tremendous job, if not one of the best in the United States, and really puts together some really exciting competitive races. But when the guys and gals that work so damn hard, they can't get in, John. That's the, where the frustration lies. You can hear it in Jeff's voice. And, you know, he's tuckered out. He's whipped. He's had a long day. Probably had a shorter long day today. But it was still long by any stretch of the imagination. They can't get in a run. And it's really frustrating. 
And for some, it really hurts home and really hits home more than it does for others. But I know Jeff's in a whole different situation. And, uh, and how in the heck could I say anything bad about a guy that gave me a wonderful ball cap? Now, how could that be? <laughs> I hope he's still listening. You'll get a fresh one in the summer. <laughs> Have you oh, I can't wait. Uh, but uh, so uh, anyhow, um, although it's been uh, like finding a needle in a haystack, um, we're we're going to take a look at the the richest race uh, in, in America. Uh, at first, I, I wasn't sure. I, I thought it was Sheik Ham Dam Sandwich uh, racetrack, but, uh, <laughs> but I realized that I, I, I like the way you 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 put a you put a John Englehart spin on things, you know. But, but we're going to go with whatever you say. But but it is the Saudi Cup, but it's going to be incredible. Yeah, yeah, King Ab. Dulazi's race course is going to be it, you know, because it's just so easy to get that mixed up with just, you know, du- Dubai or Maidan and things like that, you know, as uh, he has, you know, really put forth quite an effort at, uh, you know, trying to keep the spotlight on things over in that part of the world where he is. Uh, but the Saudi Cup, Ed, the more I read about it, the more I, you know, look at the, the uh, resumes of these horses. It really looks like this year, those American horses have an edge. Wow. I'll tell you what, this is going to be, in the old racing parlance, this is going to be a battle royale. And it actually shakes out for the Saudi Cup, which is race eight, slated to go off at 12 p.m. Eastern time for those who are watching and wagering. Saudi Cup, uh, you know, it, you're getting a really good time there, John, at 12.40 p.m. I'm seeing this as I, as I read a wonderful article out of Brisnet.com, which was this, this is kind of shaping up out of a, a field of 14 to be the charlatan Nick's go, you know, yes. budding of heads. You've got a boatload of speed with Nick's go. It's electric and it's, it's fun to watch and it really brings back energy and charlatan is you know, going to be laying in the nine hole, going to be tracking intently under the patient boot of Mike Smith. I mean, what more could you ask for? I mean, you know, I think this race is really going to shape up. The American horses do very well on the dirt there. And for me, John, I mean, just putting it, you know, trying to put it in a in a barrel with a bottom, the runner that was actually on the Brisnet, a wonderful shot here is Charlatan. And Charlatan really has a, a true a true gate that really caught my eye. And I was watching the stretch out and, and watching the charlatan just really ply his trade and, and really do it up. And I think the top American dirt runners, you know, are really going to be, you're going to have to get past them. I think Nick's ghost sets up a tremendous, you know, early pace can, can steal it and, and wheel it and be gone. This is a one turn, one mile and an eighth. So, you know, you have to factor that in as well. You know, that Nick's go, they said, likes to go two turns. But Charlatan, it really fits his wheelhouse that he's going to be able to, under the patient hand of Mike Smith, just lay outside, stay out of the traffic, and have three-quarters of a mile to actually run and to get into, into racing shape. Charlatan, for me, is my play uh, uh, for this race. I'm real excited, and you can, you can bet uh, donuts to dollars that I'll be watching the Saudi Cup. Okay, well, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'll uh, take the other side. Uh, I, I've uh, been converted uh, to to Nick's go. Um, again, very similar running styles. <laughs> I, I I think the one turn nine furlongs will be just fine for him. But what, what I love with him and, and watching his races is he, he has a great ability to 
pop out of the gate, uh, get the lead, and then as long as he puts a couple links between him and hopefully no rabbit, uh, he all of a sudden gets into this fast but cruising speed, and it's almost like he gains a little momentum at every marker, and by the time he turns for home, I mean, he's not doing any 12-link lead or anything. He's always got about a a two- to three-length lead, and it's kind of like catch me if you can, guys, because he doesn't appear to get tired on the lead, and he's not speed crazy. He just needs to get get the front and then kind of goes into – you know, third, I mean, fourth gear instead of fifth, and we'll find out, and no doubt about it. Uh, Charlton is a, a very worthy foe. Uh, will be interesting. I don't know if, uh, you know, he, he's got as much, uh, you know, seasoning, but he certainly is brilliant. I mean, the, the horse in the hands of Bob Baffert, uh, you know, we know this wouldn't be his, uh, you know, first time down the road at Dubai with a successful win. So it's it's going to be interesting. And uh, then from there, we'll see who, uh, I guess, picks up the pieces. Poor uh, Tacitus. Uh, he, he always shows up. And I part of it might be because, uh, you know, they want to do it for uh, his former owner and breeder, uh, Khaled Abdul, uh, his Judmont farm. Of course, he's in the hands mm-hmm. of Hall of Famer uh, Bill Mott. Uh, you know, and other horses, you might want to look at the bottom or, you know, Sleepy Eyes Todd that's pro- usually outruns his odds every time he goes to post. And uh, if there is some kind of speed up front, late running max player uh, could be a player in here. But I really think that, uh, you know, outside of, uh, you know, uh, Mishriff, who's uh, trained by one of your favorites across the pond, Jod Gosden, will probably be the outsider to watch. You know, anytime that you have John Gaston in a race, never is he truly the outsider. He's he's just a player that at a, at a little better price. And I'm a big fan of John Gaston. I love getting up early. You know, you can uh, you can see different courses throughout the, the course. You know, the time of the year. And a lot of times, I must admit, I, I I'm not much of a of a two dollar better in the blind. But I sure do it with John Gaston a whole lot, especially if he's over four or five to one. You know, if he has maybe two horses in there, I might bet two to win on the other one just to kind of watch it. And I love watching all of his runners. But anytime he's there, he didn't come for the uh, he didn't come for the tea and crumpets. Yes, and I, I've learned that lesson from you, and I've watched it over the years. Ed, I know you think I go to sleep while you're talking, but I don't. I, I listen. Uh, <laughs> Heck, I do. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fall asleep when I'm talking. <laughs> but uh, uh, what better way? What better way to put, go to bed? Uh, there you go. But listen, you, you better not go to bed yet because we got a couple races to look at. Let's start on the West Coast and we'll, we'll work our way east, okay? And uh, we'll, we'll start with the at Santa Anita uh, on on the grass uh, in the Buena Vista. I don't know if you've ever been to San Francisco, but there's a restaurant there called the Buena Vista, and you will get your best Irish coffee you ever taste at the Buena Vista. But Meanwhile, we are back at Santa Anita, going a mile on the turf. It's grade two, 200,000 up for grabs. And obviously for that kind of money, there's so much talent in here. But the horse I can't get my eyes away from is Mucho Unusual for reasons I know you know that I love to look at when I handicap. And that is Horses for Course 
and horses for distance. They say every horse's best distance can be measured with a yardstick. Uh, well, eight starts at the mile and uh, – Four wins and three thirds. He's won just shy of four hundred thousand. And as far as him loving Santa Anita, nine nine starts, five wins a second, three thirds, just closing in on six hundred thousand. Very impressive. Uh, I mean, this is a ni- this is a nice little field here, John. It, it left me scratch my head in many ways, and I really dug a little deeper. I ended up with a five red lark at eight to one. Drayden Van Dykeboer for trainer Patrick Gallagher, John, but only two go. for five in the money at Santa Anita, and I, I can live with that here. I, I can I can live with that. That maybe maybe those races didn't fit. I, I look back and I'm seeing a progression from this four year old filly that she really has matured nicely. Her damn five. Firecrest, an Irish bred, has 13 starters, 10 winners, nine of which are on the turf. So we have some nice turf reading here. Drayden Van Dyke is, is a very underrated rider. That jocks room at Santa Anita, I'm telling you what, there are that, that would be the, quote, murderer's row of riders in the country. I mean, anybody can win at any time. And Drayden Van Dyke's been kind of shuffled a little bit to the middle of the pack here. But I have to tell you, I really like the way this guy finishes up. He's 31% in the money, you know, with closing types and 36% in the money with turf runners. This is a nice late running filly here, John. Is coming off a 56 day layoff, some solid, you know, you know, workmanlike efforts in the morning at Santa Anita. I think Van Dyke and Patrick Gallagher is one at 22%. They team up. I see good things are going to happen, and I see you're probably going to get 10 to 12 to 1. Well, I, I think the horse that has to be part of the conversation is Charmaine's Mia. Now, I know that a mile is not this horse's best game, at least at this point in her career. But since moving to the barn of Phil D'Amato, uh, he's done something with her, and I think she's going to be part of the pace scenario with Mutual Unusual in that all of a sudden – uh, she's been going from an average of uh, top 70s to low 80s uh, in her speed figures and jumps up at Santa Anita, sprinting on the turf, and records a 98. So she's one for one at Santa Anita, but still has something to prove at the distance. And the other really hot rider there, you know, I, I know you're a big Drayden Van Dyke fan, but I also know you think a lot of Flavian Pratt. Oh, a, a ton, and that's that is my second pick right behind. Going to be the completion of my exacta, John. I heard something about Santa Anita a long time ago that when they ran six or six and a half on the turf, that they really translate well to the one mile distance. Why? It's beside me. I remember this coming from the mouth of a very good trainer they were interviewing on TVG at the time, but they said six and six and a half runners actually translate very well going that extra distance. It shouldn't be a problem. If you took a look last time out, she ran a really good, really good stalkers race there. Van Dyke was aboard that day at 16 to one and wins. Now you're switching to the high percentage Pratt who wins 28% of his stalking type turf runners and 24% overall. I love this guy. I, I'm if, is used to say, and always will, if you're going to bet him, you got to box him. These two are my money play right here. <laughs> and also, 
coming off two bullet works uh, since that win in the last Senegatis. Well, um, uh, well, we just gave out the trifecta. That was pretty easy. Now, here's something, a uh, race that, that's coming up uh, down at Gulfstream where uh, our old buddy Pete Aiello is behind the microphone, and it's the Royal Delta, grade three, $100,000. What, 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 what leaves me is this being a real head-scratching race, Ed, is that six of the horses in the eight-horse field are making their 2021 debut. So I go back on my old handicapping pal, August Edward Meyer, who <laughs> likes to play the percentages, as he just stated, while handicapping the last race. So I think what you've got to do is you've got to go back and look at trainers that do well, and it's right there in the racing form, with horses that have 61 to 180-day layoffs. And the ones that uh, kind of uh, come to the front for me are uh, Safi Joseph with Jiverish. He's 23% off the layoff, uh, and he has two in here. In addition to Jiverish, he's got Tween Nekia, who's going to be a little bit more of a long shot, and I don't think she's quite as strong as her stablemate, uh beat her by three lengths last time out. But uh, at, at 21% and with other angles going, there's a trainer uh, who's training at 24% coming in off the layoff with a nice jockey by the name of Jose Ortiz in. Uh, gotta love the breeding. Uh, it's a Joe Allen homebred by Tappet. Uh, and uh, the trainer's name is none other than Claude Shug McGahee. Now, this filly really came to life at the end of last season, going a mile and eighth. She's asked for a hundred uh, mile and 16th uh, on Saturday in the Cumley Stakes. All of a sudden, she jumped up and, and a, a 102 buyer. And like I said, I'm playing the percentages, Ed. Something you taught me is look at the trainers and see, you do what you do, do well, right? And so, you know, that's yeah, how sure. I kind of, that's why I, I, came up at those horses uh, due to those trainers and, and due to the great handicapping influence you've had on me over the years. Well, that's uh, the check is in the mail on that one. I, I think we had a couple good days. and We, we used to have, a, when there was a good day, we uh, celebrated with a, a few Colvins and, and some wings down at AJ's, and, uh, which was always a great time and a fond memory. John, in this field, I, I, I really respect everything that you said there as far as the numbers. To me, that's that's always been a big part of my playing. I, I factored out with a three Aries two. I ran Ortiz aboard, who's winning 27% at Dana Gulfstream. I mean, that is that is in fuego for Arnaud Delacroix. But, John, his layoff stat is 22% for long layoffs. That last race, I went back and watched it in the Lair de Pont at Laurel, was very impressive. Heavy and Toledo was, a, Toledo was aboard, and they were going a mile and an eighth. But she's coming off of a 56-day layoff. Got some beautiful bullet works there. Ortiz in the irons gives me great, great confidence. He wins 24% of the time for that runner that's going to be really close up, maybe not have the lead, but only about a length or so, two lengths off. I see Ortiz really factory now very well. They're going to turn back in distance. They're going to run the same. If you take a look with 70 cents to a dollar that day, and Heavy on Toledo uh, scored very easily. Yeah, I think was kind of wrapped up there. Had plenty left down the lane, but they were going a mile and eight. They're cutting back in distance. I love that. 
Ortiz, Irad, or Jose, either which way, I'll tell you what, you, you've definitely got a dangerous weapon in the saddle there. And Delacar is, is a wonderful trainer. I, I really like the time off and shipping in from Laurel. Uh, Arna Delacar wins uh, 22% of the time. I like this, and I like the layoff. And if I can get 3-1, to man, that's, that's a gift. Absolutely. Well, Mrs. Danvers at two to one and ridden by the other Ortiz. So as you said earlier, you're going to bet them. You might as well box them. I guess that's what I'll be doing to maybe find a couple others to scatter underneath in the exotics. Well, Ed, Josh is telling me it's time for us to go. Thank you once again, and uh, I'll be happy for the day you're, you're back as a busy man as a racing official there in the state of Kentucky. Thank you, John. It was a pleasure. I always enjoy being on with you. Anytime, anywhere. Always love talking horses with a regular guy racing. All right. Uh, Steady Eddie Meyer, a regular on this show and the former host. want to thank Jeff Greenhill for his insight. want to thank you for listening and remind you to go pull down those easy wind forms. We're finally getting back to racing. Let Mother Nature go away. Saudi Cup at 1240 on Saturday. For both of my guests, I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week. And may your photos always be winners.